The Spanish announce table. Tom, the chamber has been eliminated. Uh, I think that's that's how it works, right? I believe so. Yeah. It has been eliminated because uh-huh. it is the elimination chamber, and now it is passed, so the chamber has been eliminated. It, yeah, it's gone. It's done. No more. Um, what, we're going to get into all of that. This is a pro wrestling show, and you know people like the pro wrestling. We're going to talk about all that, but uh, we're the stars. So, Tom, uh, how was your week? Well, uh, to update people, listeners – fans, uh, followers of the Spanish announce table. As I mentioned last week, my significant other, the better half, my fiance, my future wife, the love of my life. Right. Stated that for Valentine's day, uh, she had a surprise for me. Yes. And so, uh, I was, I was unaware of what that surprise was. Uh, there were thoughts and ideas Mm -hmm. and I tried to grill her and get details out of it. Uh, I was unsuccessful at every turn trying to get information from her. Um, but then the day came, it was Valentine's day and the surprise gift that I received was a puppy gram. Yep. Puppy gram. So explain the puppy gram to people who can't figure it out. Puppy gram. Yeah. So a puppy gram is, uh, in this case, in this specific example, uh, Emily uh, made a donation to the Great Plains SPCA, who we, we've we actually talked to on a Tim and Tom, correct? I think we talked to Wayside Waifs. Okay. Couldn't remember. Uh, I knew it was a very similar organization. So she yes. made uh, a donation to the Great Plains SPCA, and in return, they grabbed two puppies, Henry and Heidi. Uh, from the same litter, uh, one was a mastiff, which I, I don't know if this was actually right because you never know with people telling you facts anymore. But it was a mastiff and then a retriever. So those are two different dogs, but they're yeah. from the same litter. That seems. Weird. I, don't I don't think, think that's, that's how, how that's maybe how they works. Came in in the same pack. Yeah, I don't know, but that's what I was told. Anyhow, it was a mastiff, uh, baby puppy Henry, mm-hmm. and then a retriever. A baby puppy named Heidi who hopped a lot and they surprised me at my work. So they came in, they were rambunctious. They're running around. I got on the floor with them. I'm putting them in my face. I'm rubbing their bellies. We're hanging out and we just got to have fun. And it was a great gift because not only was it a great gift for me, but then my fellow coworkers who also love dogs got to play with these two puppies as well. They mm-hmm. stayed for about 45 minutes. Actually, we were the last stop, so they, I think they stayed till like an hour, but you know, nice. I wasn't going to tell them to leave. Yeah, no. um, and so we hung out with them. We got to play. We got to feed them out of our hand. Uh, I ran around with them and broke a little sweat because, you know, puppies are rambunctious, as I mm-hmm. mentioned. And so that was my gift from Emily. That's was really a puppy cool. gram. Nice. Yeah, so not only did she make a great donation to help out, uh, dogs and cats and other animals in need, which is fantastic. I always love and support that. But then I got surprised with puppies, and I love puppies and big dogs. I love big dogs, little dogs, all dogs. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it, love it. So that was my surprise, and it was great. And then what I did in return for her, because if you think I'm just a jerk, kind of am, but I didn't go full jerk on right. Valentine's Day, took her to 
a fantastic local restaurant here called Capini's, which was mm-hmm. featured on uh, Triple D by Guy Fieri, the diners, drive-ins and dives or whatever it was called. Yeah. Uh, fantastic Italian restaurant right down the street here. Um, so we had dinner there. It was fantastic. Very, very good. Got her the uh, – so – I didn't get her a gift because I was waiting on what the surprise was for me, right? So I was like, I've got the dinner plans taken care of, right? But I'm going to hold off on what I get her because if she tries to embarrass me, well, then, you know, game on. I'm going to embarrass you back, right? Like one of those things. Mm -hmm. But because I loved it so much, uh, what I did in return is I was like, well, I can't, you know, we don't have the room to buy a real puppy, so I got this plush, nice puppy, and it had a little note in it, and I wrote a little love note to her. And a part of the plush puppy was like uh, this bag fil- filled of Hershey Kisses, and it was a rose and all of this thing. I got her flowers and all that. So uh, that's what we did for Valentine's Day. It was you. very romantic. It was nice. But, yeah, Puppy Graham. Puppy if Graham. You, if you're in if you're in the, the business of making people happy who like dogs – uh, take it from me. A puppy gram is fantastic. Love yeah, it. I'm going to keep that one in mind. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's you should. Good one. Yeah, for, that's for, a good for one. her better half, mm-hmm. yeah, she will melt because these puppies were the cutest things in the world. Probably better than the nothing that I did this year. Yeah, man. Well, see, mm-hmm. we we talked about this last mm-hmm. week. I'm in a little bit different position than you, right? Your love is concrete it's already set you know people are already identifying that as concrete love Mm -hmm. we're still in that like oh it's about to set it looks really good but it could rain really hard and all this shit just you know dissipates right so we're still in that phase where we have to hit home runs consistently secret discovery that's why ours was a little bit different than yours yeah she's a secret discovery away from this all ending for you (laughs) like she just right, got to find exactly. one thing in an email and this could be done. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it could be over for you. No, we, um, you know, we had been exhausted and, and discussed that last week and, and we mm-hmm. enjoyed it very much. Although we did start on, I think it's prime maybe, um, a show, maybe it's Netflix or it's prime. I can't remember. Uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is a really good show. Uh, oh, say. I've heard about that. Mm-hmm. She's like a stand up comedian during like the fifties or something. Yeah. Trying to gain respect. Yeah. I've yeah. heard that's pretty good. Really funny show. Very funny. So yeah, we've been kind of hanging out doing that. Not much else. Watching the elimination chamber, really, to be honest. I also, uh, dog related and, uh, personally related found the newest, greatest sport in the world. MMA step aside, football mm. step aside, mm. baseball step aside, boxing step aside, yeah, okay. basketball, okay. all of you all right, what do we got? step aside. It is called fly ball. Fly ball. Oh my goodness. Like Takes F-L-Y. place over across the pond in lovely old England. Old England. And yes, old because it's very old. Yeah, not the new England. But what it is, is teams of four. Mm -hmm. Action broke up. Um, Yeah, teams of four. Teams of four. Dogs have to obstacle course. Now, it's just a straight path, but they're like, it's hurdles. So I believe there's six hurdles, right? So what the. The competition is, is teams of four dogs. They start, 
They run and they have to hop over all these uh, hurdles. Mm -hmm. At the end is a tennis ball. They go like sideways, smash right into it, grab the tennis ball, run back, and then it's a relay, right? Mm -hmm. So then the second dog goes and grabs their tennis ball and comes back, and it's the quickest. So four dogs. Here's the crazy thing. It can be any type of dog combination. Like one uh, dog pack had a greyhound, which, you know, that little shit was fast as can be. Of course. But then there was another team that had two border collies that were, I mean, as quick as the wind, but yeah, fly ball, check it out. It is so much fun. Yeah. And, and what I've been told, because if you, if you watch it on YouTube, that's how I viewed it. Um, the dog's legs are wrapped and that's so that they don't break their legs because they hit that wall kind of hard. But I've been told, uh, no leg breaks as of no leg breaks. Since this competition started airing, and no dogs obviously have been harmed. Now, okay. there's been dogs that have tripped and, you know, fell, but then they get back up and, like, give me a treat and I'm good. So, uh, yeah, been been pretty happy and excited with the greatest new sport, flyball. Flyball, which you can I like see on that YouTube. One. Yeah, we'll have to check that one out, man. I don't, I don't, uh, I have not seen it, but it sounds amazing. You really, it is pretty great. Yeah, it is pretty great. All right. So, what do we got? Is there anything else? Anything else exciting you did before we move on to the uh, the wild war? I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't very exciting. It was monumental in the fact that uh, UFC aired their main card for the first ever time on ESPN. Mm-hmm. That happened. For pretty good main event was disappointing because I'm a Cain Velasquez fan and his knee blew out twenty six twenty six seconds into it. So that's unfortunate, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that also happened. Uh, being an MMA fan, that was pretty big in my world. But let's get into the news, right? Because yeah. you don't have anything else. No, I didn't do nothing. No. All right. So first piece of news. And initially, Tim, you had sent this over to me. And I scoffed at it because I assumed this was a pro wrestling sheet loves Finn Balor dot org. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those sites. Right. Uh, and then after I scoffed at it, I did a little bit more research, found uh, the Hollywood Reporter, um, even Men's Health was reporting on this. And those are reputable sites. So I believed it. So here is the news. Chris Hemsworth will mm-hmm. star in an upcoming Hulk Hogan biopic. Brother. Brother. Um, yeah, I guess that'll be a good it fits. You know, he looks enough like him. They can make him look just like him, I'm sure, in there. I mean. I don't know about size wise, maybe I don't, you know. But. Well, he can get on the WWE diet, and right. you know, Christian Bale has been sixty pounds and two hundred and thirty pounds. So actors with any type of uh, means and resources can make themselves look whatever they want within reason, obviously. Right. But I think he can bulk up, right? Is it is Chris Hemsworth? I don't know. I know there's the Hemsworth brothers. Mm-hmm. Is he Thor? I think so. I don't okay. know. I don't watch the nerd so, movies. Yeah. The comic I, movies. Right. right. I mean, the nerd movies. It's okay. Yeah, they, yeah. I think they own up to it. Yeah. Um, but so here's the details. So Chris Hemsworth will play Hulk Hogan in an upcoming biopic. That's according to The Hollywood Reporter. Todd Phillips and Scott Silver will write and direct, respectively. And the biopic will reportedly focus on Hulk Hogan's rise to wrestling fame. So – 
If you thought we were getting into the sex tape or we're getting into uh, the WCW stuff. Now, maybe WCW is mentioned towards the end, but I think from everything I've been reading uh, that this is going to focus in on the I left the AWA. Now I'm with Vince Jr. or Vince mm-hmm. Kennedy McMahon, however you want to say that. And we're going to take this ball, crush the competition, and I'm going to be the biggest star in the world. That is a story I'm definitely interested in because if that is true, the big question comes up, who mm-hmm. plays Vince McMahon? Ooh, who plays Vince McMahon, huh? Mm, I don't know actors enough to know, so I'm trying to picture in my head who could play it. You got some ideas off the top of your head? You, you watch more movies than I do. Yeah, I mean, so I just instantly go to Christian Bale. I feel like he's the best character actor, right? So you put him in the fighter as the junkie brother, he knocks out of the park. You put him as the vice president, um, Dick Cheney, he knocks out of the park. Uh, We've seen that he has a fiery side, naturally, if you remember those tapes that were released of him yelling at production assistants. So obviously to be a Vince McMahon character, you need to have a fiery side in you. So, you know, he could easily do that. Uh, So that's who I was thinking of. But who knows? That's going to the casting is going to be pretty interesting for me because Chris Hemsworth is a big name. uh, So it can't be just, you know, nameless person two plays Rowdy Piper. Like you have to have some heavy hitters that accompany Chris, uh, Chris Hemsworth here. Mm hmm. Yeah, also, some one. more details. Yeah, some more details I want to uh, put out there because I said their names and people might not know who that is. But Todd Phillips and Scott Silver are the same duo behind 2019's The Joker. So the Joker that's coming out that has um, – oh, what's his name? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Mm, yeah, They're okay. the same duo. So, yeah. And apparently – uh, it says the Hollywood Reporter reports that the production team is working out a deal uh, with Netflix. So this looks not to be to the big screen, but with Netflix, I mean, they have a Best Picture nominee. So it's not as if Netflix is this straight to DVD rental company. You know, Netflix is Netflix. So I still, you know, expect big names, big production coming to us via Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. I. I'm really I'm just most excited about the Hogan uh movie just because I I can't get enough of like the Hulk Hogan stuff and then maybe that's just tied into youth. Maybe mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like and, and the fond memories therein, but um I can't wait for that. Like I'm just gonna like the moment it's out, I'm gonna be like, Let me see it. Yeah, and I I'm interested in, you know, me and you and the listeners of this podcast and the the IWC bubble kind of have an idea of what it looked like to go from territories to the WWF juggernaut that became what it is today. Right. right. Like I, I think we understand Vince McMahon and Hogan coming to Kansas city telling Harley race, like, Hey, you can compete with us or you can come work for us. It's your choice. And we kind of have a, have that idea in our head where I'm interested in this for a biopic is what does that look like to an outsider, right? Like, how do they view this air quote story? Business? Right. Yeah. yeah, the story. Because we're so accustomed to like, well, the way you make someone look strong is they don't lose for a year. But is that the same 
thought process that an outsider looks into the business or into the pro wrestling and says like, Oh yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Or do they say like, no, he needs to have uh, sympathy and blah, 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 blah. So I want to see the story that an outsider or a duo in this uh, case tells about our little bubble. Like that's okay. what I'm interested in. Yeah. That's a good, it's a good, interesting way to look at that. All right. What else we got? Well, here we go. It is WrestleMania season and with WrestleMania always comes the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And now we have our headliners, the showstoppers, mm-hmm. the icons. Mm-hmm. D Generation X will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. Tim, your thoughts? Certainly fitting, right? Um, my first reaction was he named off everybody that ever been in DX except Rick Rude. Which we had a conversation yeah, so, about, but let's yeah. yeah. So for those who don't know who's going in, it's going to be Road Dog, uh, Billy Gunn, X Pac, Triple H, China, and Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. And as as you mentioned, those are six members. And if you count all of the members of DX, there were seven. And Rick Rude, who's not in the Hall of Fame, is also not going to be in the Hall of Fame with DX. So. I think, you know, if you gave truth serum to Vince McMahon, maybe even though he's passed away, there's some still FUs to Rick Rude for jumping ship and being on Nitro the same day as Raw and, you know, all of his comments about things like that. Uh, But that is interesting. I said to you, because, you know, you had brought this point up off air uh, that Rick Rude wasn't going to be a part of this group. Uh, I don't think still... Even now that you brought him up, I still don't think of Ric Flair or Ric Flair, Rick Rude as Degeneration X. Now, obviously, you know, he was holding the briefcase, but I can't think of one thing mm-hmm. he ever did other than yeah. walk next no, to him. No, you're right. And, and yeah, that China was over both, you know, to some extent. So she had a nice focus. So that explains her, you know, and Shawn Michaels was in the beginning of the first two and then in the third incarnation of the, you know, the first. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, oh, the rest of them were much more involved than Rick Rude, just by nature of what you're saying. He was gone quickly and then died, you know, was never able to really come back. So, um, yeah, and he's not in the Hall of Fame on his own, right? Rude, right. right, which he should be. I mean, good night. You yeah. think of 80s pro wrestling, that's as synonymous yeah. as Mr. Perfect Hulk Hogan so, Ultimate Warrior to me. So this will make Michaels a, a, a two-time Hall of Famer, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the second person to be a two-time Hall of Famer, first obviously being Ric Flair with him going in it by himself and then as the four horsemen. Did they ever put China in as just China? You think they'll go with that soon? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. You don't think so? No. No, I think they'll say, like, she's in the Hall of Fame. she's in. I think that'll always be their their, – yeah, their pushback. When someone says, like, put China in the Hall of Fame, they'll just say, yeah, she's in there. She's in. She's well, in, no, right? that's his DX. And they'll be like, yeah, what else do you think of her as? She was always in DX, right? Like, now, obviously, you did, you dig a little deeper, and, you know, she had the Latina heat thing. She had the sexual t- chocolate stuff with Mark Henry. But yeah, the right. majority of her career was DX. So I think that will always be the pushback for them. 
uh, our good friend Andy Anderson at a three one six double on Twitter says, uh, "I agree with DX going into the WWE Hall of Fame, but could they keep X Pac out?" Hashtag tweet the table. X Pac was a huge part of of DX. And in oh fact, my! He was yeah. some of the uh, uh, the branding of it was he was behind mm-hmm. most of that. So yeah, I, I thought you know as you mentioned the first part of DX was. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, right? And Mm. they did so many iconic things, right? I personally think of DX as that DX army with the New Age Outlaws and X-Pac, but definitely there's people who say like DX is Shawn Michaels and Triple H, right? So when Shawn Michaels went down uh, after WrestleMania 14 uh, and kind of, you know, had to retire, Mm -hmm. air quotes. Mm -hmm. um, Isn't it weird how Daniel Bryan has... His pupil has had the same thing. I didn't catch anything you said. I said, isn't, I said isn't it weird how his pupil, Daniel Bryan, has had the same thing, too? Had oh, to yeah, definitely. Yeah, right. anyway, it, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, when they said, like, we're going to keep DX a thing, I thought it was perfect that X-Pac was that first member, right? Like, he came in, he said, like, this is what the group is, mm-hmm. we're yelling, we're in your face, I mean, one of the first things he did as a DX member was give a shout out to Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, who were in the NWO. Like, you can't get yeah. any more DX than that. And yeah, that's he, what he did in the first yeah. five minutes of being a member. Oh, so he even, he even um, was like, they would be yeah, here I with thought, you right now. I think he was so integral. I think you're cutting in and out here. You're cutting in and out. <laughs> no, you keep you. on. No, I have totally connection. <laughs> yeah. I'm hardwired, man. I got a good connection. Anyway, you were saying. What was I saying? Yeah, you were talking about. I was saying. X-Pac. Oh, yeah. I think he was, I mean, if you don't use X-Pac as your first member in a relaunch, essentially, of DX, maybe that all falls flat, right? Like, if Triple H would have brought out. Just the road dog. I'm trying to think of during that era, someone who could have jumped. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I mean, because the New Age Outlaws were still doing things crazy before they joined DX, right? Like, before they joined DX, they were throwing uh, Terry Funk and Mick Foley out of trash cans, you know, off the stage and stuff. So, they were still doing some DX things before they were in DX. But I'm just saying, like, if Triple H says, like, we're, you know, we're still staying with this group and our, you know, the newest member is going to be Rikishi, right? Or just, you know, someone like that, you might go, like, this isn't that cool, but X-Pac was, I mean, 1990s right. cool. Now, eventually he became hated, but he was late 90s cool for right. a while. Right, yeah. No, and I agree. I, I mean, yeah. If They all deserve in. It was just odd to me. It it makes sense when, when you think about, like you said, what was Rick Rude to DX, mm-hmm. that if one was left out, it would be Rick Rude. So it's like, yeah, okay, right. whatever. whatever. Now, here's some other fun moving parts, though is uh, obviously the China aspect, mm-hmm. which I think they mm-hmm. created themselves. And as you mentioned, you know, that's going to be the elephant in the room. Someone will have to talk about the influence China had on the group, right? Whether that's Triple H, X-Pac, Shawn Michaels. Someone has to bring that up. But then the other moving part that might be interesting, now they're adults, so I don't think it will be a huge factor. But still, I could see a little rib or a you know slight to uh billy gunn but billy gunn is the head coach of the new rival promotion all elite wrestling now like i said 
I think they're all friends. I think they're all on good speaking terms. I don't think anyone's going to be childish enough to say, you know, well, this jerk off over here left the company. Like, I don't think anyone's going to do that. But I could easily see Triple H with a little slight saying, like, you know, it's great to be here. All the guys, you know, Road Dogs riding SmackDown. Shawn Michaels, blah, 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 and then gets to Billy Gunn and goes, and then you got this guy training amateurs, and then just moves on, right? Like some little mm-hmm. kick in the ass. Yeah, that him. could be fun. Yeah. Um, huh, they didn't go with Bill DeMott, huh? That's a. Hmm. You're right. Uh, <laughs> so, well, and Billy Gunn, if you'll remember, he was kind of ousted because they found out he was doing competitions that they wouldn't allow him to do. He was doing like mm-hmm. weightlifting competitions and stuff. So, uh, you know, hey, whatever. Um, That'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I, I, you broke that news to me before we started this, so I'm still taking it all in with Billy Gunn being the, uh, being the coach, being the the trainer there at mm-hmm. AEW. That should be. Why not? Why not? I think he's. I mean, we saw him do uh, the um, tough, tough as enough. the coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough enough as the coach. So. You know that, yeah. And he was working as a coach in, in in like the performance center NXT that whole thing when he was let go, and it was that reason. It wasn't like they were like this guy sucks as a coach, so right. They were just exactly. like he sucks I, as a person. Yeah, he's a he's a <laughs> shitty person, but he can teach someone how to right. do a flat back. God damn it! Right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Look at his quads. Right. So yeah, that's that's the that's the news of the week. I mean, obviously there might be some other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one little aspect that I guess I'll, I'll mention, but we don't have to go too much of a deep dive in, is uh, according to his Twitter, Ty Dillinger has asked for his WWE release. Mm. Uh, I've always mentioned him as like, why aren't we pushing new talent like? And I've always said Ty Dillinger. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But what's your thoughts on that? Um. I wonder if he gave him a tan, a fucking tan week notice. Well, here's the thing that I think uh, is a little bit different is, you know, I could say I want my release, but that doesn't mean I'm getting my release. (laughs) Right. And the other aspect that I think will be interesting. And again, I think adults are adults and people can make things work, but you know, his, I believe wife or soon to be wife or fiance or, you know, longtime uh, relationship partner is Peyton Royce mm. of the Iconics. Mm. You know, if the Iconics get pushed down the, the pecking order and let's just say Ty Dillinger goes to Ring of Honor All Elite and is like, hey, the grass is greener over here. Do we start to see a domino effect of now on the women's side do, where the Iconics leave? You, and then, yeah. Do you see what I've been saying about how they just needed to make a whole bunch of different brands that were very unique and distinct in styles and then like just have them on the network or something, right? Like, cause not everybody's going to watch everything, right? Like I'm not going to watch the flips and shit. So you have flips and shit with the best flips and shitters in the world on that show that runs that you know what I mean? That route that does that kind of thing, you package it differently. I don't care if they have six or seven because I'm going to pick the two or three that I like and I'm going to watch those instead of having to fast forward through the people that you're trying to cram into these same shows. Like, a, you know oh, what I mean? Oh, yes. Well, just... uh, let, let's uh, table that convert. Yeah, let's table that conversation in the next segment mm-hmm. because I've got some thoughts on these mm-hmm. recent call-ups. But – uh, you want to take a quick break and then we can get into our thoughts. Let's do that. Cause yeah, we had the chamber, we had raw, we had SmackDown. So 
A lot of interesting stuff to talk about when we come back. But first, uh, let's throw in a plug for SpanishAnnounceTable.net, brought to you by BDD. Uh, check that out. Uh, you know, once in a while we throw some stuff up on there, but most importantly, there's links like links to the Spanish Announce merch table, which is Zazzle.com slash Spanish table, where you can buy some fresh threads and support the show. But for now, we're going to take a break, and uh, you should do the same. And then you can press play again, and we'll be back right here on the Spanish Announce Table. Hey, it's February 20th, 2019, and fun fact, that means today is National Love Your Pet Day. The Spanish Announce Table. All right, and we are back. That's all I got. I don't have a cool thing to say. I'm just that we're back. We're here. Sometimes you don't need a cool thing. Sometimes you just need to state the facts. Mm-hmm. We don't check them, but we'll state them. Exactly. And let's get into our first story of the week that was in the world of pro wrestling, specifically WWE. Uh, And I think where we need to start off is with the biggest news story, in my opinion, and I believe in yours as well. uh, The call ups from NXT debuting on both Raw and SmackDown. For those that missed it, it was Ricochet, Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Now they made their debut on Raw and then they also competed the next night on SmackDown. So the four call-ups, arguably the four best NXT wrestlers on the roster today, are now apparently on the main roster. We don't know which brand, uh, but they are competing and traveling uh, with the the two main brands. Tim, what are your thoughts? It, it sounds like, from what I've been reading, that they might just be kind of what they were doing with the other ones that they brought up recently where they're just going to be on everything for a while. And I don't get it. I don't understand why. And that's okay. Uh, is it? I mean, I, uh, at Katie First Lady chimed in on Twitter. She said, I really enjoyed this special three-hour edition of NXT TakeOver disguised as Raw. Hashtag tweet the table. I agree, especially on SmackDown. It very much felt like, oh, a, yeah. hey, this is the new talent. Because, I mean, I didn't see Rusev. I didn't see a Nakamura. I didn't see an R-Truth, unfortunately, yeah, even though he's the United States champ. It's uh, like I didn't it see was a their lot of week off. It was like they yeah. gave the whole roster like a week off, and they were like, NXT? For, which they, why not? Hey, you know what I mean? and I agree, right? Like, right. I agree in the sense of let's shake things up from week to week, and instead of r-truth grudge match against rusev for the united states championship we're just going to elevate the north american championship which is a nxt title and it's going to be on smackdown or raw or whatever and then after the match if you want to see this feud you're going to have to tune into the network and next week you're going to see the fallout from this match right idea i like that i definitely like that now that's not apparently what they're going to (laughs) do and so with that being said I absolutely hate this move. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. Mm-hmm. And here's one of the reasons why. Let's not admit that not, what, three weeks ago or a month ago, we said, hey, everyone, be on the lookout for EC3. Didn't see him this week. Nikki Cross. Didn't see her this week. Lacey Evans. She walks, but apparently that's all she does. And then the monster, Lars Sullivan. Haven't seen him since you told me he's yeah. here. Now, 
if you're going behind the scenes about Lars Sullivan, yada, 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 I don't give a shit. I don't care whatever you're going to tell me that, oh, it's a visa issue or, or he's scared or nervous or steroids. Or, I, I don't give a fuck. I'm just saying as a viewer, you told me he's going to be here. Guess what? Now he's getting lapped by fucking Ricochet. So such a constipation of talent at the top of the main roster. Well, here's the thing. NXT was a one hour show and we just rattled off like 10, 15 people. You just replaced the whole fucking roster and brought them up. (laughs) Like, what is it too? (laughs) Just to give you more of what I'm trying to say as the point of the constipation of talent that's on the main roster is you had Ricochet debut on SmackDown against Eric Young, who I don't even know the last time I saw Eric Young. Yeah. It felt like it, it felt like Ricochet debuted against NXT talent Eric Young. Because the last time that I can remember ever seeing Eric Young was in NXT no. as Sanity. This felt like one of those times like remember that time when like they were in Europe and they had like that weird volcano was erupting in in fucking uh i don't even fuck denmark or something you remember that and like so everybody's flights were canceled and they just had like six people and they're like here we go and this ran out whatever the fuck they could this is what it felt like it felt like something went wrong and they were like oh who's here today get them you know what i mean like get them out there yeah yes but what I'm getting nervous about is, to me, Ricochet is amazing. He's the one that I'm most nervous about with this with this call up. Yeah, compared or alongside of the EC3s and all that stuff is, I adore Ricochet. I liked him on the indie scene. I was one of the, like I don't like the flippy shit, but I like his flippy shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was my guilty pleasure in a style that I don't necessarily like. But now, let's just say he goes to Raw. Let's just say because of his style and his eye-catching moveset, he goes to Raw. That's the A show. That makes sense. When will he be on the show? Because we still have Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. We still have Finn Balor. Yep. You're still going to get in your Bobby Lashley Elias's. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens I haven't is coming even- back, maybe. Kevin Owens is coming back. I haven't even mentioned Braun Strowman. Yeah. There's also emerging star Drew McIntyre. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar, when he chooses to come, and I get that, right? Paul like, Heyman slash Paul Heyman. Yeah, Paul yeah. Heyman. And then, by the way, there's the whole Ronda Rousey, Sha- Sasha Banks, Becky Bailey, Lynch, Charlotte, yeah, Becky Lynch, Sa- Char- So where, Alexa where, Bliss. where is he going to get, yeah, where is he going to get 10 minutes of time that isn't just a here's a match right after heavy machinery and then those guys i totally <laughs> forgot about that call up too the bushwhackers the fat bushwhackers walking around <laughs> like you know they i just the fat bushwhackers they are well, the, the fat, fat whackers well maybe we shouldn't call fat them that. i like <laughs> it should, yeah fat the fat whackers yeah it's yeah, <laughs> it's like a big giant fat wagon going on here um, yeah, yeah. It I just, just... I, well, I just, I the the thing here is that there's no purpose. Is what you're is the same thing you're getting at here. There's nothing. There is nothing. So it's doomed to fizzle. Now, Champa and Gargano <laughs> are the types that they are tied together. They're interesting. They have the backstory. 
and they have the drive that they're not going to let that happen to them. Like they, if they get the opportunity, great, they'll run with it and go cool. But everybody else, man, it's what you're saying. It's like, oh, am I on tonight? No, oh, I'm just here for the house show. All right, cool. Yep. All right. right. Like that's where. It, you know, another thing that irritated me with all of these call-ups, but this this round specifically, is there's no story to what it is. Why, why would Ricochet team with Finn Balor to fight Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley? Yeah, why would the NXT no. champs, uh, you know, the two singles champs, show up and tag team up? Yeah, we get that why they would maybe, but even that is still not fully addressed like so that's just yeah weird. yeah why why would i just assume because they're good guys that finn and ricochet are friends right i don't know why i have no idea and if they are and if all baby faces are friends who's helping uh you know random star attacked backstage yeah right why like all of a sudden there? when they're attacked no one helps them but if we just need a partner the ricochet's out now well, i know that bobby lashley and, and leo jumped finn and that's how we came out at, but why are they friends tell me a story just stop telling me I, facts. I got it at chris mercado 23 on twitter knows why he says holy abs finn balor and ricochet are in the same freaking ring hashtag tweet the table it's because they're ab buddies ah mm. they do crunches right they yeah they go and they they do crunches and laugh at people who eat carbs that's what they do mm. in their free time. They go hang out and do that. That makes sense now. Okay. Right. Well, then I take away all my criticism. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. That Good. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, anything else about these call-ups before we move on, man? I don't know. Like, I just – to me, it's just – it's all like, oh, no. You guys are really out of ideas. You don't have anything. Yeah. It just feels like what we need to do – is we we can't tell stories anymore, so we're just going to surprise you with people. Hey, here's another person. Well, or they're just like, hey, here's a bunch of people. One of you better come up with something, or we're going to yeah. replace you with somebody In else. In two weeks, are we going to get Undisputed Era? <laughs> Which would be fine if you were recycling them, though, because but now it just feels like you're just cramming them up, and you're cram- and nobody's coming back. If they had to, like... If some came up and some went back down, and then they were on NXT, and then they had to have to work their way back up, Great. If we saw Zack Ryder the last year on, on NXT doing something cool, maybe we'd be like, great, Zack Ryder, or Mojo that you're trying to do, right? Like, why didn't he go back down to NXT and do the character you're trying to force on him now? Like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I I would love that if it was this ecosystem of we just go around, right? Like, mm-hmm. we understand that NXT is the minor league, but, like, NXT can still serve a purpose. A, a great storyline that I think would be – could be fun told is if you put the fashion police going after Matt Riddle, right? Like, look at this guy who shows up in flip flops and there you go. And, and it's, now we have the fashion like, police. Yeah. yeah. Now we have the fashion police doing something interesting and having time yeah. to do it. Going against Keith Lee and Matt Riddle, like, you know what I mean? Fashion police, like, you know what I mean? Just chasing them around be like, what is this? What are you doing? Right? Like just getting in their shit. And they're like, bro, leave us alone. You know, like that's a great story mm-hmm. that you can tell over a couple span of a couple of weeks and then move on. You know, it's great. Yeah. And everybody gets their practice. That, yeah. If this, well, let's get into story number two, because how I how I stated this ecosystem of three brands, even though NXT is 
the established minor league of the three, uh, the women's tag team champions were crowned at Elimination Chamber. Sasha Banks and Bailey cried over themselves after they saw shiny things. And after they won the titles, they stated that these titles will be defended on SmackDown, Raw, and NXT. So what are your thoughts first about them becoming the first ever women's tag team champions or however we're going to say this? And second, what are your thoughts on a traveling champion or traveling champions going to three different shows potentially? I like that idea of the traveling champions. Now, they tried to do that the first brand split and Mm -hmm. they they sucked at it because the problem here again is that they keep trying to force – what it is is it's a traveling champion so that champion better travel to every show and be the main fucking focus of every goddamn show and that's wrong mm-hmm. you can pick one for a while right like the the main champ can be on smackdown for a while and then they can be doing another story with the intercontinental championship on raw while the main champs on the smackdown uh, you know what I mean and then you know the women's tag champs are on NXT for a few weeks doing that like Again, it's the ecosystem. You can bounce them around. You you have enough to be what the NWA was supposed to be in its heyday, right? Like you can have a bunch of brands <laughs> even spaced around the goddamn world, and you can bounce folks around and even it out and tell good stories because you have the ecosystem that you move around. But they're not trying to do that. They're trying to find the best of everything and cram it all into every show, and it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because when you try to cram the best of everything into one show or one product then you just get a diluted watered down version of what could potentially be now let's just hope that you know they said we have these major plans that we're just in the growing pains of what you're you said there right like everyone is living in these things and we do have the intercontinental champion feuding with uh adam cole on nxt and then we have the universal champion on smackdown feuding with samoa joe and then you know the women's tag team champions are on raw feuding with nia jackson uh mute or whatever her name is um fuck what's her name what's the tamina yeah fuck i hate tamina uh she's my new natty natty has now moved up and tamina's moved down in my personal ranking book but that's just for me anyhow what are your thoughts about Sasha and Bailey becoming champs? Give me your thoughts on that. I just I think they should have went. I I feel like they should have went a different route, but I feel uh, in the end I'm thinking they should have went a different route because they just didn't have a storyline associated with this route. But it's not like they really would have had a so some a storyline associated with them any route that they went. Uh, I liked how the match played out at the Elimination Chamber. Like, I thought it was booked really well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I like how they got Nia Jax and, and you know, Snooka Jax out of there. Um, that was a cool spot. Um, mm-hmm. But I I probably would have went with them if I was booking it. They're just – they're the best at least because it, it's quick hits. It's, it's what should be, right? Like, she comes out, she says a few things. Tamina's there menacing – uh, you know, staring at you, going, looking confused, right? Like, yeah. like, oh, it's my line. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you suck, <laughs> right? Like, and you're like, all right, cool. Uh, I probably would have went with that because then you could have had somebody chasing that, right, and trying to take down mm-hmm. the monster would have been an easier storyline. Because now I don't know what the fuck they've got planned, and I don't think they do either. 
Uh, Tamina always looks like she smelled someone who just farted but can't figure out who it was. Mm-hmm. She's always confused and angry at the same time. It's like she. Uh, it's like um, if you were sitting at a bar, right, and you had been drinking for like let's say three hours, right. And you're there with your buddies, right? But you've been sitting over there thinking about your girl that just dumped you, right? And you're just kind of like, you know, I didn't like it fucking anyway, right? And then somebody comes over and they're like, hey, man. And somebody coming over and they're like, yo, man, somebody's fucking with Tim over there. And you get up and you're like, who the fuck is it? Right? And you're standing around like walking around like, who? Who am I, fu- who am I fucking hitting? Who? And what did they fuck? Why? Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to hit him, right? That's kind of the fucking, like, look that she has at every point. Like, what? Like, who? Like, who am I fighting? That one? All right, cool. Right? It's just like, yes. I don't know. Yeah, like somebody just yep. dragged her out and was like, fight that person. Like, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Guess yeah, it will. That's, that's the feel I get from her. Um, yeah, man. I, what what do you think of, of Bailey and Sasha having the time? I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And yeah. here's why. Here's why. I watched NXT, some old school NXT and I miss the characters that were Sasha Banks and Bailey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are no longer characters. They are just whatever the real names are. Mercedes, I think, and uh, I don't know Bailey's real name. Uh, Jessica, I don't know. It's just those two saying, like, isn't this cool? And that's not a fucking interesting character. Another thing I hated, and I get it. It was a sentimental moment for them as a person. Fucking cool. But God damn it, you cried? You fucking cried? They, they cry all the time. Jesus dude. Christ. Yeah. And that promo that they cut on Raw was fucking god awful. So was the one like, after they won the match, too, that Sasha tried to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, here's your chance to run with the ball, and you guys fucking pissed down your leg. Like, that's how bad it was. It was so bad that I texted you, Nia Jax was the best part of a segment. And everyone knows who's been listening to this long enough that I don't like Nia Jax. Yeah. It, it was bad. So bad. It they, was so bad. They are, they are the LaCroix of the version of their characters, right? Where they used to be the Pepsi or Coke of what they were full bodied, filled with sugar makes you go run a hundred miles per hour. You're fucking pumped. And then as soon as it gets out of your system, you're having a hangover and you don't know what happened. You kind of have a headache, right? That used to be Sasha and Bailey. They were so fucking cool. You just like, gotta have another Pepsi. Gotta have another Coke. Look at all this sugar. Look at all these calories. This is fucking awesome. You know, and now they're the responsible. It's okay, but you don't really feel anything. And it kind of has a hint of a taste of a Skittle in water. And that's the character they are now. It's just two fucking girls that cry all the goddamn time because they're getting stuff accomplished personally. But as the viewer, I don't give two shits. Not even remotely close. Bailey is not a character anymore. Bailey no. doesn't hug anyone. Bailey doesn't tell any stories. Bailey goes out there, stumbles on her words, puts on a decent match, looks amazing, and gets out of there, right? And Sasha Banks can't say the word women. Like, Nia Jax had to tell her how to say the goddamn word because, you know, she was taught English by a deaf person. And she just goes out there and she kind of swivels her. She doesn't even do the boss thing anymore. Now she just throws her glasses with a cutoff T-shirt and swivels her hips. Yeah, and her just... hairline is still receding. You ain't got that much time, Sasha. Like, 
Well, yeah, it's, damn, at, it's at some point you guys lost sight of the fact that, like, you still have to be a character. You still have to be the character. In those moments, like when a big thing happens, like a mania, right? Mm-hmm. It, yes, you can turn that camera back and go, oh, man, look, remember, like, these are the girls who, th- right? Cool. And I understand that we've been breaking a lot of firsts for the women, but at some point, it's now becoming every match, and it's just yeah. become like you're, you're crying every look, time over something that you're making look, big that really isn't that big. It's the first on a pole match that a woman have ever had. Like, okay, all right, who gives a fuck anymore? Yeah, like, right. Come on, tell a fucking I, story for fuck's sake yeah. about it. If I'm booking this match, I give it to the Iconics. One, they're characters. They're bitchy foreign girls who are life partners that put down everyone. So I get that. That's something I can digest and I see it and I can tell someone about it. Right. That's the other important thing. I can't tell Emily or that's what they always call themselves. Life partners. They hold each other's hands. They're saying we're the best. Now they don't say, you know, life sexually. Yeah. They just say they're life partners. Yeah. But I can tell casual viewer a what the iconics are they're bitchy mean girls who look down on everyone who think that the best thing in the world is the other person right Right. i can tell i i can elevator pitch you what the iconics are i can't tell you a fucking thing in an elevator what bailey or sasha is and i can't tell you why they're friends no why are they friends why are they friends other than well like they 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 had one good match that's an yeah. that's an all-time best they, 10 years ago or whatever right. it was. They worked in the same place at the same time. At one time, everyone loved them, and that's their bond. And they what? both wanted to do this as a kid. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. So I would have put Can the Can you belt- believe it? No, but did you hear me? They wanted to do this when they were children, Tom. So now they're doing it, and they get a look back and be like, "Look what we did! We did it!" And, yeah. Well, I guess never mind, Tim. You and we're you, happy. You, yeah, you you cracked the code. You actually told me what they are. They're just we're happy. Every because, other person. Here, here's what WWE is missing out on. That is that. Here's why '90s wrestling in the Attitude Era was cooler than is because. Uh, they tapped into what the more average person actually felt about life and their surroundings. Uh, we don't want to live vicariously through these two people and the dreams they accomplished because we're not fucking accomplishing our goddamn dreams. So we don't like that, right? Like, we don't want that. You know what I mean? Like, we, like to, to a certain accent. extent, it's, it's cool to see it once. Like, right. that's why if you look at the Shawn Michaels career and the boyhood dream <laughs> thing, yeah, happened it works great. once. Mm-hmm. Right. But it happened once when he, once. yeah, when he, I'm trying to think of it. Um, when he became the first grand slam champion, they didn't make this. Oh my God. They just said like, Hey, here's a cool fact. He's the first person to win all the fucking titles next. Now he's in DX. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not. Yeah. Oh, Shawn Michaels God. didn't cry when he won the European fucking title. Right. Even though he had a boyhood dream of being a wrestler and having a championship, he didn't cry about it every time he remembered that he realized that dream. Because guess Mm -hmm. what? You do this every day. You're going to be realized. Like, you're going to remember it every fucking day. Like, we remember it now. Like, we get it. Well, and to even a bigger point, you're a character. 
be the character. Would your character cry in this? Now, so- now Bailey, Bailey, I get, right? Bailey is a hugger. And oh my God, everything's so big and bright. And look at there. There's Bret Hart. And look over there. It's right. Ric Flair. She's that Eugene totally without the special ed. Right. But right. Sasha Banks is supposed to be the boss. And all these things were supposed to happen to me. So then why are you crying? Who are you? Anyhow, I think we're going a little bit too much on that. It sucks. It's you're a turd in a punch bowl right now, Bailey and Sasha, as the women's champions. It should have been the Iconics. I thought the Iconics had the moment of the match when you were talking about how well it was booked. Remember when uh, Billy Kay and Peyton are like looking at each other and Nia and Tamina grab them, and Billy looks to Peyton and goes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, that's a connection. Yeah. Fuck your boss and hug right. bullshit. That's a connection. Well, that whole spot was great, too. I mean, they pry <laughs> open the doors, that, and then they just start. They just start swinging them, man. They just start freaking, like, just yeah. shit swinging them just back and forth. I was like, this is amazing. I was like, this is yeah. so fun. Yeah, just yeah. fucking giving them the whole, almost giving them the see ya, but you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, just sw- oh, the, the Cesaro swing, just you, you can only go 180 because you just keep slapping them into the goddamn wall. That was so fun. I love that Definitely. spot. I had yeah. to watch it a couple times. I was like, I got to see that again. That was fun. Yeah, I – I was the most impressed with the character. I know I I, I keep restating it, but anyhow, let's get into the third story. Okay. Of the week. What is the third story of the week? The explosion of public support for Kofi Kingston. Yeah, there it is. Yep. So I wanted to go into this topic because I, I had mentioned it on my Twitter and thank you to Kata for giving me a perspective that I didn't understand. Right. So my biggest beef with th- this Kofi thing, and I like Kofi, right? I've always liked the mm. Kofi, I, Co- the, the Kofi. I've always liked Kofi Kingston. I have a new day shirt. I have a new day hat. Anytime they come out, I love them. I still don't think they should be broke up. I like that. They're still fun and exciting and, they throw in little side jabs, which, by the way, on SmackDown, did you catch Big E's line about Empire? Yeah. Did you? Loved it. Yeah. Like, that's what I love about the New Day is they're mm-hmm. able to do it. It yeah, sounds genuine. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're real. So, this is them. This is them turned up to 11. Right. And that's a character. I can tell you what the New Day are. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. They're a bunch of fun, loving, highly competitive uh, athletes that are trying In- to be the best tag team of all time. You know yeah. what I mean? Like guys that are you're right. Yeah. So uh, th- this is where, though, I, I don't understand the Kofi thing. And, and like I said, thank you to Kata for your, giving me a perspective, because what what I'll state and then I'll give you Kata's response is I don't understand where this came from. Like all of a sudden in February, Kofi should be the champ. Like that's what right. everyone in yeah. the in this little bubble of IWC is saying. Like Kofi should be champ. Duh, dumbass. He's been here eleven years. He should yeah. be champ. And I say, oh, okay. But why now? Why? Like, yeah. Why like, not in January? Why not in November? Why not nine at nine years? Why not two years ago? Like he didn't do anything right. in his last two years. It suddenly was like, oh, we've been sleeping so, on Kofi. Yeah. <laughs> so what Kata said is what we the IWC is excited about is that a mid Carter who's always been a mid Carter could potentially become the champion of the world. And that's a cool story. And I say yes to that. I agree. That would be cool, right? It's fun to not always have Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman just 
recycling the title between the two of them. You know what I mean? Like it's fun to get new talent in there, especially talent as good as Kofi Kingston. But where I, excuse me, where I have criticism Lynch is this has of this right now Genesis is that of why she is nothing happened one for this thing spark right. of interest. In WWE. So, right? so Becky her Lynch spark, right now, as I'm an calling example, it, is was SummerSlam, where she said, I've had enough of this. WWE. I'm turning heel. But then we said, no, no, Becky, we love you. You're just going to go ultra baby face. And she punched Charlotte in the mouth and the, the chips fell where they were after that and now we're where we're at with becky lynch as the man right i i get that i see that that is a story kofi lost a match where he competed an hour in and that's it like yeah it and it's odd because that's the part yeah there's nothing to get behind like that right so let's say um the whatever it is, a fast lane comes up, right? And uh, uh, he wins. He's the champ because there's such ground support. Well, now what? Yeah, what's the story, right? Like, is he just, still you, hanging out with New Day? And like, yeah. And, and are you going to give Big E a title shot if he wants it? Now, right. those are fun stories that we could potentially tell. But what we're be, just being told as the viewer is, hey, Kofi can wrestle a long time. Okay, well, so can Seth Rollins. And guess what? They both lost that gauntlet match. So am I trying to say that if you lose a long match, you're now a champion? Like, I don't get what happened. Yeah. You know, there there was no, I'm declaring that I'm the best in the world. There was no, there's no substance. Yeah, there's nothing to it. No, I agree with that. Um, so it's interesting to me that everybody was suddenly like, yeah, you're right. Because it had had Mustafa Ali not been injured, none of this would have existed. Right. And and to even a little bit of a larger point, as the viewer, I see Kofi, who lost that match again. Remember, mm-hmm. he lost that match. Mm-hmm. But with a similar skill set, I can see Mustafa Ali do it. Andrade do it. Another guy, going back to our first story, who's just getting lost in the shuffle. Andrade. Who? Mm-hmm. How awesome is he? And now he's just like losing to debut guys. Anyhow, mm-hmm. but I'm going getting back to my losing point. losing to the husband but, of his uh, of his manager. <laughs> right. Right. That, I thought that was kind of cool as a kayfabe yeah. thing. Right. But um, but going back to my point. So what I'm told as the viewer is someone with a similar skill set as Kofi Kingston could potentially also do that. They just need the t- the opportunity to do it, right? So I think if Kofi can do that with the similar skill set, so could Mustafa Ali. No. So could Andrade. No. But no. maybe. No. Maybe. But maybe yeah. So that's I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah. So just if, if, if it you're happened, a guy, right. Right, but if what I'm saying is if I'm a if I'm supposed to believe this is all real and my favorite guy is Mustafa Ali, I just say, "Hey Mustafa, just ask for a gauntlet match. You'll get a title even if you lose. Right. Like, there's nothing that Kofi did mm-hmm. that makes me go like that guy. He just did a long match. Yeah, this was very it was easily. Good. It was very easily manufactured. Now, what that tells me is Kofi's got that kind of like sport. If he would have done something like Becky Lynch did. He might have caught lightning in a bottle also for a long period of time, right? There might have been the, you know, but I feel mm-hmm. like this could disappear very quickly. And I feel like it will, it will because another yeah. thing that as a viewer, 
treating this as a you know entertainment product that I'm just viewing, uh, I I know that this will go away because as I've seen Kofi Kingston's career solo, that's what happens, right? He'll do the amazing street fight match with Randy Orton in Madison Square Garden. And yeah. then he'll go Nothing. to the first pre-show match. Or he'll win the Intercontinental Championship from The Miz on a brand new show on a brand new channel. Oh, my God, that's amazing. And then we'll go mm-hmm. away. Yeah. Like, we have a track record of, hey, Kofi's awesome in the ring. But if you give him the ball eventually he's going to fumble it. Right. And that's what I've been taught as the viewer. So again, you need to tell me why it's different this time around, because the only thing he's done is he's lost a couple close matches and he's pinned Daniel Bryan. But again, that was in the gauntlet match that he lost and he pinned Daniel Bryan in a six man tag. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting the Kofi thing again. I'm not trying to hate on it. I'm thoroughly confused as a viewer. And a, don't tell me the kayfabe uh, shoot stuff. I don't give a shit. Now, I will say uh, at Mr. Forthrow uh, is chiming in with a little more positivity than we are and saying if there were more pancake branches, the world would be a better place. Hashtag tweet the table. I love it. You know who's getting really uh, – I think the person who's lost the most, though, from this Kofi push is AJ Styles. Mm. Don't you think? I feel like AJ Styles was the champ that runs the camp or whatever mm. his fun phrases are. And we all looked at him like, yeah, this is arguably the best wrestler, right? Right. And then in the process of losing to Daniel Bryan, now he's just getting pancakes fed to him by the New Day. Like, what a fall from that's the dude to, hey, you're excited, right? Because Kofi got the title shot. It wasn't you, AJ. It was Kofi. Shouldn't you be happy for that? You guys are baby faces. Kofi. Right. Yeah, you guys are faces, right? So you're friends. Your best right, friends, so you, and you love this. Your best friends, and you love this, and you wanted to do this since you were a kid, right? Right. So, yeah, man, Kofi, we'll see, man, if he can capture that momentum as he talked about and do something with this. But I'm a little worried he just won't. So, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I hope that you know what I would do if I'm fantasy booking at Team Act Story Time, right? What I do is I have Kofi again come up short at Fastlane mm-hmm. the next SmackDown after that pay-per-view. He realizes the only reason that he's coming up short in these matches is he's being held down by uh, Xavier and Big E. And we get a heel Kofi Kingston, which we haven't really seen solo. Uh, and that's the spark that maybe gets him to that elevated AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. Samoa Joe. Realm. Yeah, maybe. All right, well, let's wrap it up with some final uh, Tweet the Tables before we get out of here, huh? These are some fun little – you, too, can play along. Use hashtag Tweet the Table on Twitter, and we will read some of the best of them on the show right here, like uh, at B underscore double underscore D, who says, Hey, Champa, welcome to SmackDown Live, and your knee's fucked up. Hashtag Tweet the Table. Yeah, that looked mm-hmm. nasty. It didn't look like a – That didn't was like look a, good oh. at all. No, and he was hobbling not so well right immediately afterwards. I was like, oh, this is going to suck. At double A underscore WIR says, if you could, what would you give uh, for a name to the trio of Baron Corbin, 
Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. Hashtag tweet table. First of all, what the fuck was that all about? Uh, mm. Lashley is is pissed at Rush, which is understandable because he cost him the match, and then he beats him up even after thinking he wasn't going to, but then he beats him up, but cool. But then he just is back again as the well, three amigos. Well, I understand to- that. Oh, not the three amigos. I understand the Bobby Lashley, Leo Rush thing continuing. Yeah, yeah I get that. One of thing course. that, yeah, because one thing that if you're following these guys on social media, which is a part of the storylines now, Leo Rush is like, hey, man, I'm so sorry if you see this, hit me back. I can understand the Leo Rush have. St- Leo Rush has Stockholm syndrome and needs to be with Lashley, and Lashley just sees him as this pity that he just brings along with him. I understand, like, yeah, hey, he beat fits. him up on the pay per view, but on Raw, they're still attacking. Yeah, it fits. Get that. Yep, absolutely. Right. Yep. But yeah, this trio of just big guys, I don't get it. Like, yeah. Yeah, why, I don't get it at all. Why would a, I don't. Yeah, why would a bartender, a psychopath, and a bodybuilder be friends. I don't understand the three. And they're not. Things. Yeah. None. Of, like uh, you, you look at them and nothing says, Oh, because they all enjoy the same music or, right. Oh, they yeah. all like to play basketball or, or they all like to lift the same because they, you know what I mean? Like something's not, or they all no, hate guys with long hair or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know? There's no, there's really a weird. Yeah. Like, it's just weird. Like, I don't know. I don't understand don't, it. What would I give them as a name though? I would give them um, the future endeavored crew. Like, because is this is this the new and improved three man band? Well, they're a little bit more serious than three man band. Right, it's a new. And I improved. was thinking, yeah, yeah, it's something you know, adrenaline. Call them adrenaline. Something stupid like that. Do we gotta call them that? At B yeah. underscore double underscore D says it's officially fucked in Ambrose season. That's why you give a two weeks notice and not a two months. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, well, the you know contract negotiations work out a little bit further. Yeah. Although I will say I haven't been not entertained by the short segments that he's been in, right? Yeah. Who are you? Who is EC one? Who right. is EC two? I like that. And then this week, because I, apparently he's uh, just a forgot. lunatic friend, yeah, right. he's just like Seth. Where were you? Well, yeah. Seth's like, you what? <laughs> yeah. Fuck off. Well, I love too. He's like, if you completely lost your mind, he had to think about it. He's like. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I haven't I haven't hated the segments he's no. been in, so I'll give him that. Yeah, I'll give him that. All right. Uh at Hallmark of Swede says someone call a doctor. Charlotte has been stung by a bee. Hashtag tweet the table. It gets worse every time. She must be going Here's- on every off day to a plastic surgeon. What is she fucking doing? One thing that just irritates me is a fraud. I just don't like frauds. And I'm not saying if you get any type of plastic surgery, uh, you're you're fake. I mean, right? Like you have fake boobs or fake nose, right? But like you're not. You can still say like I'm a real genuine person and have cosmetic surgery, right? But own it. The the part that irritates me with Charlotte is she's like I have flaws and I live with those every day. And who I am is what makes me beautiful. It's like, well, who are you? Because your extensions, your bright white teeth, your fake boobs, your nose job, your cheek implants. Like, 
I don't know what flaws you have because I don't know what I'm looking at because everything is not there. It's yeah. not real. She just doesn't look anything. So stop like, telling me. Yeah. Well, stop telling me like I own my flaws. Well, no, you don't because you go like you said to the to the parlor every off day and you're getting injections in your forehead and you're getting teeth whitening. It's like stop it. Yeah. Either own it. Or stop talking about it. Look like Joan fucking Rivers, man. Like what? Well, all of these, all of these women—not all of these women—that's a very big general statement. But what let me I, tell you, what's wrong with you, ladies? Yeah, let me tell you, women. But the women in the WWE—the one thing that mm. is starting to scare me, just from a viewing aspect—is a lot of these uh, women wrestlers are starting to look between the ages of twenty-nine and thirty, and I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. Like, like you got to realize cosmetic surgery isn't complete yet. They're still figuring things out. And guess what? You it's look just, like they're still figuring things out. Yeah. It, it just look you. It's got to be hard, Charlotte, if we're going to like, oh, here's a great promo. Now let's look at a vignette of like all of her past accomplishments and be like, did she have a sister? Like, because that's not the same yeah. person. Like, you don't look the same anymore. Yeah, you can't do the like before or, or like the then, now, forever. You can't do that montage because you look fucking different every time. Like, it's okay. Like Kendrick Lamar said in one of his uh, songs, let me see some ass with some stretch marks. It's okay mm-hmm. to look fucking human. You can have some fucking wrinkles in your forehead. Guess what? That's called showing emotion. Right. And that helps in your profession. Yeah. Like, stop with the well my nose needs to be smaller carmella you look weird like fucking just be women stop looking this weird alien race that i don't know what i'm looking at anymore just love yourself you're fucking telling me that every week right women should love each other uh women should love themselves you know don't be labeled by society well stop fucking yourself over man like a blind catfish all right so yeah Ruby Riot. <laughs> Let's see what else have we got here. Um, uh, at B underscore double underscore D, he says, "Why is the bar dressed like a washed-up '90s rap group?" Hashtag tweet the table. Thought it was too cool walking out. God damn! What was that? Uh, the, hey, they the, don't the, care. The bar's That's why. gotta be done, man. <laughs> but yeah, they don't care. Well, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, I I think if we're peeking behind the curtain, I think they're like, you think we can get away with this? Let's just try it. <laughs> like, I really think that was probably the conversation they had when they put on those that outfit. They were like, let's well, just see have if somebody make it. They had to have the the mm-hmm. I don't know what the official term for seamstress is and nowadays like right. what you should actually call them, but um, mm-hmm. they went back to that person and was like, hey, you know how I wear a kilt. All right, but you, you you know how the Dudleys used to wear like a purple camo, <laughs> like Miriam. Like how do you what, like how do you do that? I don't. Yeah, it looked silly. I will say this though: uh, the most jarring thing uh, from the entire wrestling weekend to me was, and I love Johnny Gargano and I love Tommaso Ciampa, but they look like little 12 year olds when Seamus and Cesaro walked up to him. I thought it was being shot 
as if you know when uh, Earthquake would walk to the ring in the 80s and they would shoot it from like his feet up to make him yeah. look way bigger right. and they would like shake the camera sometimes yeah. to make it like Ugh. or or it they're standing like in one of those you know, like they're standing in one of those optical illusion rooms where like yeah, they look bigger even like, though they're standing in <laughs> right it looked so comically yeah. out of place mm-hmm. that these two ripped giants when stood next to Seth Rollins or uh, Roman Reigns looked kind of comparable. But, they, yeah, it looked like, oh, Ciampa, Gargano, you guys, mm-mm, nope, you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. You guys got to go 205 Live. This is this is the land of the Giants, and you guys are midgets. Like, and But they look like me. I mean, they're built like me. That's what I'm saying. So it, it made me realize, like, how big Sheamus and yeah, Cesaro really, really are. are. Yeah. But also – are they going to get booked? They're good enough characters to where I hope they don't get booked this way, but are they going to get the Ray Mysterio thing where they're always coming from underneath? Right? Probably. I don't know. Maybe not. Gargano. Maybe, not. Maybe those two. Yeah. Gargano might. Yeah. Uh, at Katie first lady says, interesting fact. Charlotte was the first raw women's champion. Becky was the first SmackDown live women's champion. And now Sasha and Bailey, Sasha and Bailey are the first women's tag team champions. Yeah. A couple questions here. Um, we're still thinking post mania for the four horse women versus four horse women, but mm-hmm. how do they get Becky? Is, is this Becky Lynch thing now not a work with the, with the knee? I mean, obviously, you know, the, the storyline obviously, but, um, is there some truth to that? How do they work her back into this? Where are they going with all of this? I think it's still a work. I think that it's one of those things where, um, if I'm guessing the creative team says kind of like the Brock Lesnar thing, we don't want this hot commodity on the show every week. Cause by Mm -hmm. the time we get to WrestleMania, we're all exhausted of her. Right. Right. So it's the, you know, what makes her awesome. If you don't see her every single time. So I think that's the little bit of the aspect there Mm -hmm. of why, like, for example, this week we didn't really see her. Now we saw her on the pay-per-view, but like the next night and on Tuesday, um, I think there's going to be some type of because they love themselves so much. There's going to be some type of McMahonism where Stephanie says like women deserve a chance. And that includes the man. Mm -hmm. And I reinstated her for this match because she is the Royal Rumble winner. I think we're going to get some type of McMahonism to where now we get McMahon's feuding kind of thing. Uh, I think that's how we get her back in. I don't know who does it, right? Shane, Stephanie, yeah. Triple H. One of them will do it, though. Yeah. Speaking of Shane, at Chris Mercado, 23, says, Shane McMahon really just said you dig, and he really made himself sound old. Hashtag to the table. So I'm sitting there watching Elimination Chamber, and my wife is reading, and she looks up and sees that The Miz is coming on. And again, you know, used to watch Real World back in the day, watches Miz, mm-hmm. and Mrs. knows The Miz. And she... Later on, looks up again. The match is going on. She was like, "Who's that old ass fucking man with the miss?" And I was like, "Oh, it's Shane McMahon." I, you know, kind of give the rundown. She was like, "What? That's supposed to be his fucking partner?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "That's." I was like, "That's part of it." Like, you know what I mean? It's a weird storyline. It's kind of into it. And she was like, "Okay." And then later, uh, you know, they lose, and I go. Miz lost, and she was like, "Well, yeah, look at his fucking partner." <laughs> it's just like, yeah, right, yeah, that's yeah, mm-hmm. that's what the outsider thinks. Well, and, and exactly. That's what the casual viewer thinks. And 
going back to what we kind of started this podcast with, uh, or excuse me, this segment with, with like the bloated constipation of the top of the, uh, of the main roster, Shane isn't needed anymore. In my opinion, right? right? You can now it's hard to tell this specific story where it's the person in power and then someone uh, is wanting their um, Mm -hmm. uh, type of rub, right? Like that story is going to be hard to tell, but the, death-defying crazy guy, you know, when it's Survivor Series time and we get a Shane coast-to-coast, I mean, there's so many other people that can tell that or or, or do that move. Right. Kofi can do it. Uh, Ricochet could do it. Uh, Anyone from 205 Live can do it. So it's like, Shane, like like your wife said, like, who's the old guy? Mm -hmm. It's time. Let's, uh, Let's step aside. Let's yeah, you know, move it along. The rumor, the rumor that I've read uh, is that WrestleMania is going to have the retirement match for Kurt Angle here soon. Well, maybe at WrestleMania 36 we have a retirement match for Shane. Like it's maybe okay, so. mm-hmm. go away. We don't need a McMahon every time. Like just it's yeah, they need to pal. do a a. There needs to be like a a combined score of your age plus the number of the WrestleMania if it equals. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a certain number or versus like or something. Yeah, you gotta yeah, get like, out. like the number of WrestleManias that you've been alive for uh, versus, you know what I mean? Like figure out a formula and then once it reaches a certain threshold, you're done, right? You're right. done. Yeah. You can have an Undertaker clause, but, you know, beyond no. that. Yeah, no Undertaker yeah. clause, right? Yeah, you're done. Well, get him out you're too. Done. Right, right, yeah. Right. I don't want okay. yeah, this year. I don't want to, I don't want a Shane. I don't want a Triple H. I don't want an Undertaker. We have so much good talent. I just want to see the talent. Mm. Stop bringing in the, the the bells and whistles. You have them already. You don't need more. I just, don't want to see Kurt Angle either. Just the talent. Just the talent. Just the talent. All right, Tom. That's all I got, man. Let's get out of here so we can just be done with this. And we'll come back next week for episode 250 next week. Hey. Of the Spanish announce table. How about that one, I'm excited. Yep. All right. Well, then that's it. We'll see you next week for episode 250 of the Spanish Announce Table. Oh, here's a fun fact. Researchers once taught monkeys the concept of money and how to use it during an experiment. The monkeys began robbing each other and used the money to pay for sex. The Spanish Announce Table.